Hi everyone, this is Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. Featuring your hosts, Taylor Bradley and Alex Yankovich. What's up guys and welcome back to another episode of Inside Dance with your hosts Taylor and Alex. We are so thrilled to be with you for another week. We hope you all had a fantastic and safe Memorial Day holiday weekend. We also wanted to say happy pride to all of those out there celebrating. Um, And lastly, congratulations to all of our graduates, to all of our Students moving into the next chapter of their life, bravo to you guys, and we are so proud of you here at Inside Dance. Uh, Before we get started today with our episode, just our housekeeping per usual. Firstly, please give us a follow, show us some love, maybe rate, review, and subscribe on all streaming platforms. You can find us on social media at Inside Dance Podcast. While you're there, go ahead, follow our friends and sponsors over Inside Dance Magazine. Their handle is at Inside Dance Mag. Last but not least, we want to know what's going on in that beautiful brain of yours. So hit us up, write us a message, send us a DM, or feel free to email us at insidedancepodcast at gmail.com. It's time for our community spotlight. And this week, we would love to highlight one of Taylor and I's mutual friends, Anna Estrada, who is an incredible dancer and artist based in New York City and Mexico City. She has spearheaded a very important GoFundMe, which is called Performing Arts COVID Relief Fundraiser 2021. Obviously, as we're coming out of this pandemic, things are looking up, but there is still quite a bit of financial ruin. The coronavirus had a devastating impact on the global arts sector. Artists and creatives were severely affected. 62% have become fully unemployed. And in Mexico, 1.4 million artists were left unemployed due to theaters and other cultural organizations closing. With that said, the mission of this GoFundMe is to provide support to the artists in the U.S. and Mexico, specifically in the performing arts sector, who have lost their jobs, not able to receive financial aid from the government, or they've not been able to find a job during this health and economic crisis. This fund allows anyone to donate. Absolutely any amount helps, and it is extremely important for us to support, stay positive, and take initiative to keep our arts community strong and thriving. This GoFundMe has a goal of $7,000, and they're a little bit over halfway there. So again, any amount really, really means a lot and goes a long way. So we will have this GoFundMe link in our description below, and we will also share it on our Instagram page so you can donate and share with anyone who you know might be able to help. What's up, Taylor? How are you? How was your Memorial Day weekend? It was so good. I'm sunburnt and adjusting back to uh, the regular work week life, which I know we all are. It's that like annoying saying like you need a vacation from your vacation before you get back to work. But I'm feeling recharged. Um, I had a great couple of days at the beach. So um, yeah, just happy, excited, ready to get this body moving again. What about yourself? How was your holiday weekend, Al? It was good. Uh, To be honest, I get anxiety on three-day weekends. I feel like when I was in high school and college, I really looked forward to them. But then ever since being a professional dancer, like I, they just, it stresses me out. And I think it comes from working at Cirque for so long. We worked every holiday and I know you, you did too. Like, and so I just, so now like not being in shows, I'm like, wait, what is this? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Day off? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I feel like I didn't earn 
No, I, t- I get that. Is- and the world closes down and I'm like, I still have stuff to do. Like, can I pick up my alterations? <laughs> do you get a lot of things altered? <laughs> I just had to, I just had to send a ton of stuff um, for like the wedding season. That is my summer. And so I had to get a bunch of stuff altered. So I <laughs> literally, that, that was on the forefront of my brain. That's what comes to mind. I love yeah. that. No, isn't it funny when you're a kid, you're like early release day. Yay. Which side note, those days always seem like they're eight weeks longer, but really they're shorter days. But then as an adult, you're like, long weekend, yay. But then also in your head, you're like, and I have to get an extra day of work into four days. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So kids, kids, listen up. That's what you have to look forward to. Go ahead and just enjoy <laughs> those holidays while you can. But um, speaking of kids, speaking of holidays, speaking of celebrations, let's circle back to our graduates. Um, congratulations to anyone that's moving into a next chapter of their life as we're moving into our summer. Obviously, we have a lot of our college graduates, high school graduates, um, and new seasons, new startings, new beginnings for new people. But Alex, let's let's talk about that a little bit. I know it can be a very stressful time and um, cause a lot of anxiety for, for people closing one door and moving into this next chapter. Um, but specifically in regards to transitioning from college into our professional dance careers, what advice would you give or what, what topics come to mind when you think about, um, I want to say a short time ago, but it keeps getting longer and longer that it was for us <laughs> that we made that transition. Yeah. Well, I can say, uh, 150%. I was a monster, uh, when I graduated. <laughs> cool. College. That's it. Thanks for, thanks for listening guys. <laughs> That's the episode. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> um, I literally was a, such a monster when I graduated college. I just was, I felt uh, like mentally not ready. I felt physically ready and I was excited, but I also just loved college. It was great. And I was really sad because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to be uncomfortable again. I'm going to have to start at the bottom of the totem pole again. Because whenever you're starting something new, that's just how it is. And I feel like I wasn't mentally ready for that. And um, so for everybody out there that is listening, be ready to be at the bottom of the totem pole again. And that Mm -hmm. is okay because it's, you're not necessarily at the bottom. You still have those skills, but you're going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And something I really learned and I would love to offer to anyone else is get ready to be meeting a lot of people and introducing yourself and saying, hi, I'm Alex and being confident in that. Ooh, and, yeah. and, and you meet so many people and you have to really make sure you're saying your name clearly and you're making good first impressions and it's going to be awkward and it's going to be weird. So as soon as you, the sooner you accept that part of it, the easier it will be. And, um, yeah, I, I would say really to just try and stay present. And my mind was always like, well, what am I going to do next? I want to do something huge. And like, if I don't do something huge, like I'm a failure, just get rid of that mentality. I wish I never don't even let that be an inception moment. Just stay present and like be open for opportunities and be uncomfortable and be, uh, sit in that discomfort. Yeah. Who honestly, if you're listening and you need permission from anyone from the universe, from your podcast streaming device, get those exterior expectations out of your head, especially Mm -hmm. when you're moving into new chapters and new transitions. It's going to be awkward. You're going to fall. But guess what? The only way to get there is to go through it. So go through it, laugh it off, take a deep breath. I do like what you said though, Alex. Um, And I think it applies to anyone in dance, outside of dance, high school, college, whatever, you go from being on top of your game, from being the best in studio, from being casted, from being 
comfortable to having to start over. And I love, love what you said about getting comfortable introducing yourself because um, shifting back specifically to the dance world, I feel like we have this like negative connotation where this, um, sometimes we feel we're afraid to speak up, right? And it comes from that like strict mm. background of like, listen, do your job, which I know we really dove into last week. Um, yeah. Yes, important, but also remember that transitions are fun. They are exciting. And yes. knowing to find that balance of when to be quiet, when to listen, and also be like, Hi, what's up? I'm Taylor. I'm new here. I'm excited. I'm ready to meet people because it's that energy that you give out into the world is going to be the energy that you receive, whether it's dance, whether it's interpersonal. Um, I think that's just a really important life skill. And like, I always look to you. Um, I remember, I know we brought this up on the podcast before, but when we first moved to Vegas, you were like, I have business cards. My resume <laughs> link is on it. And now there's so many incredible like resources for that. All these like little yeah. bop thingies you put on the back of your phone. Yeah. Um, so I think smart for anyone moving to a new city, starting a new chapter of their dance life, get your, get whatever the fancy card is in your wallet with the QR code or, um, have all your links, your link tree, have all that. Your, yeah. Have your real, oh my God. Yeah. Why did I not say that first? Have your real prepared. Even if you, even if like, you're really uh, not sure what kind of job you want to book, let's say you're a contemporary dancer, have that contemporary real ready. If you're a commercial dancer, just have it ready. I cannot tell people the amount of times people have asked me, Hey, can you just send me a reel? Like, uh, yes, totally. they have their Instagram to look at, which is great. But like people don't like downloading and clicking multiple things. It's like, they nope. want one link, YouTube link, Vimeo that I like from experience from both of us, those links just quickly open. They can watch it. Make sure that first minute of it is like super solid and catches their eye right away. I know I was like, I'm going to edit a movie right. for my reel. And it's going to be like win the film festival. Nope. Just yeah. show, show. Sundance. <laughs> Sundance. This is yeah. Sundance. Dance reel. No, just show your best stuff in there. And if you don't have that stuff filmed, get it filmed. Find a Holler. friend who will do it for you. I love that. And we're definitely, um, we have some, exciting content coming up this month regarding yeah. just that reels, um, headshots, dance shots, putting that portfolio together. So stick around and stay tuned for that in a few weeks. But yeah, also I want to point out if you don't feel like your reel isn't good enough, don't feel, if you don't have any professional content, if all you have is your recital solo, make a video with your recital solo. Something is better than nothing, you know? So um, true. and, and, not going back to that idea of like, oh, am I going to be good enough? Is this, am I going to be judged for this? You'll never know if you don't put yourself out there, you know? And I 100. think every successful person in the dance world, outside of the dance world will tell you that you just have to go. You have to take that leap, that switch leap of faith into the future, <laughs> right? That was the cheesiest thing I'm going to say all so podcast. Good. That's a lie. I can't guarantee that. But um, one more thing I want to um, say I really focused on, and I think was really beneficial for me uh, before honestly, before I even knew what I was doing, before I was moving to Las Vegas, I had a few months between graduation and when my apartment lease was up. And so just for those few months, I picked up a second job. I was working as much as I could, saving up that money, setting aside that nest egg that I was ready. If I didn't end up having a job, mm. moving somewhere and being like, you know what, this is comfort money. I, can, I have ideally six months would be real cute. I had like a month, maybe like five weeks of like, I can live comfortably. I can take class. I can uh, yeah. couch surf if I need to, but I think it's really important to both enjoy this time, celebrate, have a great time. Um, 
live for the victories that you've just accomplished, but also be smart, prepare, and know that when this timeline comes and you're ready to make that transition, you're smart. You have the funds set aside. You know where you're going. You have all your materials prepared um, to put your best foot forward because you're incredible. You've done so much. You've come so far. So keep that momentum going. Don't lose that fire and be ready. Be ready for the next chapter because it's going to be big, especially coming on the coattails of this pandemic where entertainment is about to explode, explode. like confetti. It's so um, true. And so, yeah, I love that. I loved everything you just said. It was perfect. Thank you. I love you. Good friend. <laughs> Good friend. You are Al Pal. Positive thinking, guys. Positive thinking. Every day is an opportunity to take class and audition. You want to be like, <laughs> I'm going to suck at this audition. You're going to say, I have the opportunity to audition for this. How awesome is that? Period. Boom. <laughs> done. Put us in the motivational section of Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Next. Next to open. Um, no, that's awesome. Well, guys, stick around uh, because we have an incredible interview with our good friend, Macy Swaim. I'm telling you, she is like the it girl, the she perfect is. example of everything that we just said in regards to moving to LA when she was 19, really being on her game, continuing to go to college and pursue her degree. And now, however, three, four years later, you can find her dancing for every major recording artist, Camilo Cabello, um, Jennifer Lopez. She's really made a name for herself. So stick around. You won't want to miss it. All right, listeners, we are sitting here with the incredible Macy Swaim. Macy, how are you? I am doing so well. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. Thank you. We're so excited. Um, I'm excited to reconnect with you because what? It's only been like, I don't know, four years since I think I saw you last in Las Vegas. So, um, which I want to dive into all of that about um, how how we've all connected and crossed paths and where you are now. So, Um, that sounds like a great place to start actually. So Alex, go ahead, kick us off. Yeah. Well, if you can just tell us a little bit about where you're from and your dance background. And it's super hard to answer that question because I know it always takes us, we're like trying to cover like 18 (laughs) years, but the best you can, like for our listeners, so they can get to know you where you're from and your background. Yeah, absolutely. So originally I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, small, well, geographically big town, but small kind of dance town. Um, I actually started as a gymnast and I did gymnastics till like super seriously until I was like 13 years old. Um, Another gymnast. <laughs> I know. We, I, I like think the last like a lot of people start literally like the last three guests we've had on has been like, well, I started in gymnastics and it wasn't for me. So uh, thanks gymnastics for being the overarching umbrella. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for giving me the strength, but for real, (laughs) I needed to get a little bit more artistic. So um, I just started in dance seriously when I was like about 13 years old. Um, So kind of started a little bit later than normal people that do like their whole life thing. Um, I took like baby classes when I was two years old, three years old, but then stopped that, went to gymnastics seriously. And then when I was about 13 years old, 12, 13, got really serious into dance and really studied in old school jazz and lyrical was my life. (laughs) All the progressions, that was everything I did. Um, and then that just went on throughout my middle school and high school career, really was super serious about it. Did it, you know, every day studio kids, how we normally go about things. And 
when I was about 17 years old, right before my senior year of high school, I got an opportunity with my dance teacher from Jacksonville. She moved to Las Vegas and she basically offered me to move with her and live with her. And my thought process was, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of my hometown. This is really my like leeway to get to my ultimate goal in LA. So I basically did my high school senior year online, moved out to Las Vegas, started really like majorly training in Las Vegas. And she was a ballet teacher. And so I really technically trained throughout all of my Vegas career, which was, I want to say like two and a half years I was in Vegas. And that's when I met you guys (laughs) and uh, we connected and I really had such a blast in Vegas and met so many cool people, but my ultimate goal was Los Angeles. So once I became 19, I, you know, was like, when am I ever going to feel ready? I think I just need to make the move. So went ahead, made the move to Los Angeles. And since then I've been so grateful to have done what I've done and had the journey that I've had. It hasn't necessarily been easy, but it's really been worth it. And I'm really loving the place that I am now and what I've done and the people I've worked for. And yeah, that's kind of like a short little tidbit of my dance life. It's not crazy or anything. (laughs) No, I have so many things to say. Well, just to loop this in, we've obviously, we had Katie Tate on a few weeks ago and um, I feel like that's when I first saw you was when I would take class on Wednesdays um, at the rock. And I was like, who is this girl? This girl (laughs) is like so insane, so so fierce. You know, you say you grew up like when you're so I can't believe you started that intense dance training when you were 13. That's incredible. But I can tell you have amazing training. And when you said that you were kind of brought up in this old school jazz, I'm like, okay, most people I know who have that old school jazz training, like Mm -hmm. just there is something about them. Like I I literally love my old school jazz training so much because it helped me so much in like how I've grown and you pick up it's like that perfect style to pick up things really well like I can tell yeah and I think it really um like people who have trained in jazz I think have this overall level of strength added Mm -hmm. to their dancing like I think like people who I see are really powerful dancers I'll always like ask them what their training is and they're like oh yeah I like trained in jazz and like that makes so much sense it's such like a powerful genre that well and that mixed with I know you were like kind of joking but that mixed with like the gymnastics background that's like another big theme I see with like studios Mm -hmm. that can really like tumble well are typically the ones that are like we love to travel we love to like get (laughs) low yeah which if you know me I'm like those are that's that's my menu of favorite things in the dance room (laughs) except I can't tumble I'm too clumsy but um (laughs) No, it's so true. Well, and Alex, I don't know if you know this, but um, so her ballet teacher she was talking about that moved her from um, Florida to Las Vegas was actually my ballet teacher when I was 15 years old in Georgia. Yeah, Her name is April Wexelman. Shout out Miss April if you're listening. She was the first one that was like, she made ballet cool for me, which like edit, love classical structure, classical ballet, but we would do like tondus to like Bon Jovi and like, it was like (laughs) fun, right? And so I remember I would go like assist her in classes downtown, but yeah, April Wexelman, and I know she's had such a huge impact everywhere she's been in Las Vegas. And I think back in um, Florida now, but- um, Anyone she's educated has, she's influenced so much. She's really made people who- 
aren't necessarily the most ballet type. Like I don't have the most balletic body. I'm yeah. Don't have the feet for ballet, <laughs> but she really makes any genre of dancer or stylistic dancer really feel included in the ballet world. Like I've heavily been so impacted by her and have fell in love with ballet because of her. That's amazing. Yeah. And I can tell because you are, you won't say it about yourself, but we'll say it for you. Um, you're so versatile. <laughs> like you are one Thank of the most you. versatile dancers. I know like amazing contemporary dancer, amazing jazz dancer, hip hop dancer, like literally everything. And I'm sure that comes from Thank April you. too. Just like always not. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> Love that. Well, circling back to what you said, Macy, uh, you said you knew you had this gut feeling and uh, made the decision to move to LA, which I think is so, so bold, especially what at a young age you were, were how old were you? Like 19, 20? Oh yeah. my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> um, so that's amazing. But what was that deciding factor? Like, what was it here in Las Vegas or what was it in LA that was pulling you there that you were, that you were like, you know what, it's time. This is it. Yeah. So um, I loved being in Las Vegas, but I could feel in my gut that it wasn't where I felt I was meant to be. Um, I've always kind of, you know, I've loved Cirque, everything about it. Like I was so mesmerized by it, but I just knew that I wasn't necessarily the right dancer for Cirque. And I really wanted to be more live performance, uh, with artists and doing like music videos and things like that. So I kind of always knew LA was my end goal. Vegas was more so my temporary like transition phase because I don't think I would have been ready if I moved straight from Florida I think I needed Vegas to really kind of grow myself up find out who I am more so like get the right training that I needed be a little bit more involved in the industry but not as much as LA like it was a really nice like baby steps towards LA and so I think I knew always my end goal was LA but I never really felt ready for it and I think I'm a type of person when I like really want something, I just go for it no matter what. Like if I fail, I fail, you know, like I think a risk is worth much more than just like playing it safe. So once I had like two years of good training, I eventually was just like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I don't really know what's going to happen, but I just, yeah, I think I just wanted to take the risk and be a little bit more adventurous in life. So I just went for it. You bring up a good point that Taylor and I are always talking about. It's like sometimes like you get your bread and butter and get that training, but sometimes you just have to jump and you have to take those risks. And yeah. that's kind of the only way things happen. Like even, it's like rolling on the floor when you're a little kid, like you can break down every tuck your knee and sit down and roll, but a little kid just has to exactly. do it to like, why did I just imagine like kind of 80 like, small children doing like a contemporary <laughs> roll on the floor? Not what you meant at all, but that's fully what happened in my head. But I, was, so. I was the one kid, I was the Same one kid wavelength. in the back of the class doing the roll, getting <laughs> not doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of be like, okay, I tried, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to know, like, so once you moved to LA, did you have a game plan? Like, were you, did you have the list of people? Okay, I'm going to get into these people's classes and, or did you kind of just take it day by day? Did you do like, the big kid roll on the floor in the streets of LA and like, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> yeah, I really did. I had no game plan. I moved there not really knowing anybody. I didn't really know exactly what classes I wanted to be in. I still feel like I didn't know myself as a dancer yet. So gen like genuinely, when I first moved there, I said, I'm going to take everything and everyone. I wasn't as 
trained in hip hop as I wanted to be. And when I saw how talented hip hop was here, I was like, oh my God, I need to be in that. So I really went crazy with like training in hip hop, but I really did not have a game plan. It was very much, I'm just going to take from everyone that I can. I really, my biggest thing was that I wanted to make connections and meet new people and like learn as much as I could. And so that was honestly my goal. I didn't, I'm not much of a, um, you know, planning or like play the game kind of person. I'm more so like, I'm going to do this because it feels right. And I really more so like follow my gut. So it kind of was like a day-to-day thing, just wanting to get better as like a dancer, artist and human in general. And just being present. Yes, exactly. Like really every single day I would just wake up and, you know, then I would check the schedule for that day and like, you know, base it off what classes I wanted to go to and, you know, what people I wanted to see and everything. Like I really... And I was just such a solo person here because I didn't really have friends yet. I didn't really know anyone. So I really just wanted to like dive into every in and out of LA to like learn about everything before I really honed in on like what I wanted to do specifically. Totally. And I feel like sometimes when we take class for an outcome, I'm learning this too. Like I don't like go take class like for an outcome of like this may lead to this. I like go to take meet some new people and like yes. get better and and I think that's the best and then let that be the yeah thing. I think that's the best mentality to have honestly because I think when you go to a class or an event or something social with an outcome in mind I think then it doesn't come off as genuine or authentic as you want it to be and you're putting a lot more pressure on yourself than you need to be in the first place <laughs> yeah well so interesting because I know a lot of our listeners here, including myself, like when I was 18, I was like, I know everything. I'm moving to LA. I'm mm-hmm. going to like book all the two and clearly did not go that path. Um, <laughs> but what was your, like, give some advice, give some like top three suggestions to anyone that's going to move to LA. Like, did you choose to do like a scholarship work study program? Did you mm-hmm. choose, like, I'm going to set aside X amount of money. Did, what, did, did you get a job right away? Like, what was your like, welcome to LA by Macy Swaim? What would yes. be like the first <laughs> introduction chapter of what you should do? Yeah. Um, so when I first moved to LA, my life was way different than it is now. When I first moved, I was still doing college online, which I always think like education is such a big plus. And um, I think that's one of the most important things to like still have is to, you know, have your academic brain still going while you are working on your creative brain. And I think for people that want to have full-time dance career online, college is a great way to go. So I was waking up at 6 a.m. I would do college online. And then I also was a educator at Lululemon for a year. So that's kind of how I started out because I wanted to be involved in a job that was a stable check, but also was involved something athletic, something active that kept me more motivated than like just a regular, like whether, whether it be like a waitress job or something like I want to be involved in people that had an athletic lifestyle. So it was really like wake up at 6am, do school, do my job and then go take dance classes every single day. And as exhausting as it was, I'm so grateful for that because I think a lot of people move to LA and have the whole like, I'm free, I can do whatever I want, like party, everything, like maybe get in the wrong groups and whatnot. And I think having those things taught me so much discipline with LA. So then I really had almost a routine that I followed. And then once I stopped, you know, once I stopped college and stopped my job, I had this natural sense of discipline in my life to where once I was just doing my dance career full time, 
I was still very, um, very strong with like who I am and my schedule and everything. And still like, you know, being active, working out, eating healthy. Like I still had such a disciplinary mindset. So I think like one important thing for people moving to LA is just, you know, create your own schedule rather than moving there being like, whoa, what am I doing? And be overwhelmed by all the freedom that you have. I think that's important. And then another thing I would say is honestly, like for me, the most important thing is to find yourself first. I think it's very easy to get involved with either the wrong group or just, I, it's very important to not start comparing yourself in the beginning of your journey. Cause I think the second you start comparing yourself, especially early in your journey, it's going to cause so much, you know, insecurity, internal turmoil. And I think it's super important to really work on finding yourself before you really dive into this industry, because it really can take a turn on who you are as a person, if you're not strong in yourself. So that would probably be like a huge, another thing I would want to say. That's amazing. I cannot agree with you more about like the discipline schedule. Yeah. It is a wonderful place where you have the freedom to, because everyone's on their different kind of time zone and everyone's mm-hmm. jobs are different. So like to really lock in, okay, I'm waking up early. I'm working out in the morning or I'm doing like setting your own schedule. I think for any artist, whether in LA or in New York or in Vegas or in mm-hmm. Atlanta, I feel like that's so important because the entertainment industry is so up and down. Your gigs are coming in week by week. And as long as you have like kind of that disciplinary schedule, you can handle all of those other things sprinkling yes. in. And then when those things, those gigs are over, you still have your um, schedule that you can go back to, which is super yeah. important. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. That was, that really helped me. I feel like also just within the confidence of my journey, like not, not relying everything on a gig, more so relying more so on my life and how I'm controlling it. Whereas like, if I didn't have rehearsal that day, it would be like, that's okay. Because I know I have, you know, work to do, or I have school to do, or I have my daily schedule working out. Like it wasn't, my confidence wasn't based off a job that I was getting necessarily. Well, and you bring up a good point too. I love what you said about having a job that's in involved with, um, the lifestyle that you're wanting to pursue. Like I know from experience over the pandemic, I got a serving career that lasted all of two weeks and I hated (laughs) it because I mean, there was many reasons, but I remember it would be seven hour shifts and I'd be on my feet the whole time. And then I was exhausted. Like, yeah, yeah, it was good money, but I didn't have time to go to the gym or take care of myself or cross train or take class. So it was like, Mm -hmm. cool. Well, I'm making good money to survive, but why am I here? What, what am I trying to survive on? And that is dance and building this foundation of a career. So I think that's an incredible, um, incredible and like wise decision to do. So thank you. uh, That's fantastic. But so up until now, we've just like set the foundation for LA, but I want to talk about some of your amazing, um, opportunities, careers, gigs, shows that you've done. So, (laughs) um, I know circling back to what we said, um, having Katie on, I know you just most recently did the global citizen event, um, with Katie and nappy tabs and Jennifer Lopez, but, um, what are some other, some of your favorite gigs that you've done while you've been in LA or some of the artists you've worked with? Oh, okay. So Ooh, this question has. She's like, like there's so I many. I know, I know. I, and I'm hoping you bring no, up the no. one I'm thinking of, like the the main one that I'm thinking of. But I like it's your story. Oh, I don't know what you're thinking of, but um. <laughs> so, okay, I, I have a couple gigs that were like my favorite jobs to this day, which probably isn't the most like obvious choice to some people. Um, 
But so every year I've done this Disney holidays extravaganza performance where we like fly to Orlando, we dance with Mickey and Minnie. And like, that is like my ultimate favorite job in the world that I do with Katie as well. Um, And it's honestly like my favorite job because your inner child is just like in so much, has so much joy the whole entire time because you dance with the characters, you get to know them and um, you get to like dance with different artists and you get to see, you know, you get to be in Disney world and you get to like see the whole audience watching you. And that is hands down like my favorite gig, which is just like sort of a random one that happens every year. But like, obviously I've danced with other artists and like big artists, but that is like my ultimate, like inner child, like nostalgic job that I just love and like would love to do till I'm like 80 years old (laughs) every year. (laughs) I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I think like industry wise, like dancing with an artist, my all time favorite job was doing the AMAs with Camila Cabello. Um, she, one is such a talented artist, like getting to hear her live in rehearsals and just seeing her work ethic, being there every single day for rehearsals, wanting to be so involved. And also like having her mom there, it was just very family oriented and working with Sarah and Calvin, her choreographers are hands down, like one of my favorite people to work for. They are so authentic. They make everyone in the room feel so important, so needed. And that job in general is just like, probably will be one of my favorite jobs to date just the cast the people and obviously if you aren't getting it I'm very much an energetic kind of person like it's not necessarily the job it's more so the experience and so that experience itself just being around people that really love what they do and have such a passion for it was so inspiring and that definitely goes down as top job to date I love what you said about the choreographers making sure everyone felt needed. Yeah. Like it's so true. And I feel like a lot of other things, a lot of other gigs that I've worked on where I am the choreographer and everybody knows this. A lot of times you're choreographing something and it may not be like, it's obviously, you know, it's not the artist, but you're supporting the artist and everybody's Mm -hmm. needed there. So it's so easy to be like, Oh, well, they're not really going to see you. And like that attitude is so wrong when it's like, no, we need absolutely everybody here to make this perfect. And I think that's such a good energy to have. And I hope that yes. the opposite of that dies. Like, I don't want, I don't want that anymore where people are like, Die. Oh, no, they're not going <laughs> to. So oh, there's so many trends that I'm like, can we stop this? Like, can we no, stop I was like, on a pretending job like we don't need dancers? Yeah. Uh, I was on a job once that they literally called us extras. They were like, oh, can we have like no. the extras like get off stage? And I was like, excuse me, we are not extras. We're not just standing there, like being just bodies. We're actually creating the entertainment. So I think it's super important for like, not even the choreographers, but the production team, everyone in general to just know the importance of dancers that go behind the artists. 100%. I I love what you said too about like, I know you're kind of joking, but you're like, oh, my favorite job. It's a little bit silly, but like <laughs> that, like dancing yeah. for Disney, I feel like there's it's sometimes, amazing. well, there's a, that's amazing. But then there's also this like preconceived notion of some jobs are more or lesser important because of X, Y, Z in the dance right. community. And I'm like, that's dumb because which jobs right. make you the happiest and whether that's right. dancing, you know, I, as at the Super Bowl, whether that's dancing at a theme park, whether that's dancing on a cruise ship, it's like what 
brings exactly. you joy. And like you said, you're such an yeah. energetic person and in touch with that, which is incredible, but being honest to that and being like, mm-hmm. this is what brings me joy. And it may not be the yeah. coolest thing for everybody else, but who cares? Cause you're not everybody else. Right. Right. Yeah. It's definitely for me in general, it's way more the journey than the, the destination. Like to me, it's the buildup of the job, not the job itself. It's the people you're with, not the resume. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot more in depth for me than just, you know, what have I done? What artists have I worked for? It's more so like, what have I enjoyed? What has fulfilled me and going forth in my future? Like that's the jobs I want to be on the ones that fulfill me as an artist. Oh, that's incredible. Um, you also, speaking of jobs, you also did the um, Savage Fenty show. Yes. I forget what year that was. It wasn't. Was it wasn't it? last year, but the year before. Year before. Oh my gosh. How yeah. was that? Because my sister, she does quite a bit of um, fashion dance. Okay. Stuff. Like it's probably like been like a main part of her career. But how oh, was that so for cool. you? Kind of. Um, with all the details of it and the buildup to it, I'm really curious. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a really fun job. First of all, what the job stood for itself, I was a huge supporter of. I'm very much women activists of like health, body, mentality, everything. And so to be on that job, especially that being like her first time really airing it, because it was like the first time it was on Amazon Prime, she really started like Fenty Films and everything. So it was really cool to be a part of that and being a part of a fashion show that had, you know, all different size women also had men, different sizes, had, you know, women in prosthetics, had every, all this different stuff, race, gender, everything. It was really, really cool to be a part of something that stood for something so much larger than what it was. And the process itself was really, it was, it was a little tough, like mentally, because it was, a two week job every single day. And we were in New York. So I was away from home. I was away from my friends. And, um, you know, it's always a little bit harder when you don't have like your closest friends on the job. And so I, me personally on the job, I was a little bit of like, where do I, like, where is my place? Because when I'm not surrounded by like the energy I'm always around, I have to kind of adjust. And so that was a little bit like struggle in the beginning, but as the process went on, you know, all the girls were super cool. We all like ended up like becoming friends, doing like getting to know each other since you're in like rehearsals for so long. Um, It also was just a, a challenge mentally too, in a sense of comfortability with your body, because we had to rehearse, you know, in sports bras and underwear or shorts, we had to show our body in some way because the show we're wearing lingerie, obviously. And so for me personally, that was a challenge in itself and just being like confident in my body and my shape, because I'm not necessarily, like I said before, I'm not necessarily like ballet body or, um, you know, super like crazy fit. Like I have curves and I am like more of a wider range women, woman. So I have to like, I had to become comfortable with that and being surrounded by a group of women that are all different sizes. And so it's very inspiring in that sense of just being a woman in a group with like 40 other girls and being comfortable with one another, supporting one another, seeing how we each are personality looks body wise, and just really being there for one another throughout the whole entire process was really great. That is seriously incredible. And I think everybody out there can relate to how tough that is. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, especially two weeks seems like actually a really long time when it's day after mm-hmm. day after day, especially yes. to be um, 
in New York, which is a hustle in itself, even though like you're there for a gig, it's still a whole nother thing, but that right. it takes a lot of men- courage and like mental courage and you just have to keep um, working through it, but that's amazing. And the show turned out so beautiful. It was stunning. And yeah. Performing it was hands yeah. down the best part. It was so, so cool. Yeah. It's amazing. Fashion stuff is crazy. I, I, did a show, I, <laughs> I did a show with my sister and like, we got one rehearsal and like, the like in in tv shows and movies when they're like showing like everyone running around backstage and like yeah that's li- they're not joking they're not that exaggerating actually <laughs> it like something pops off they yeah. show it on like within a matter of seconds and you're like oh my god it's like, like running you're on sprinting like, someone's like doing your hair there's a shoe change and you're like and you're yes. on in six counts go and we were oh like so excited to like celebrate after and like after you're just like dead you're like that was absolutely. <laughs> I know there was a whole like after party that like some of the cast went to, and me and my like one friend Tosh, who was on the job as well, we like went to a bar and we were like, we are just so tired. Like, <laughs> I don't know how everyone's going to this after party with so much energy. Like, we were just absolutely, but it, it was such such a great experience. That that was Amazing. like, that's a job that I love having on my resume just for what it stood for and everything. Right. So, so what's next for Macy then? What's moving into 2021 coming out of the, this pandemic <laughs> life, um, to, to your knowledge, what is next for you and what are some of your goals? Yeah. So I've actually been thinking about this a lot recently because quarantine, I think with everyone it's taught so much and it's really allowed, I've, I've been such an advocate for saying it's allowed the human to come back into our world. And especially with dancers, we get, we get so caught up and, you know, when we ask like, how are you? People are just like, oh, well, I'm doing this and this and this. And I was like, I want to know how your heart is, not what your resume is. Right. Um, And so I feel like nowadays I'm realizing when I'm asking people how they are, there's more authentic, genuine answers that are coming about. And I feel like our human side is becoming more of a priority than it was, which I think is so important and really needed in this industry. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of egos have, you know, come down. I think a lot of um, competitiveness has come down. There's a lot more support and love in this industry, which is beautiful to see. And so I've been very focused on just being more fulfilled in my career rather than, you know, basing my career off the person I'm performing for or the job that I'm doing in the moment. And so when it comes to like goals in itself, I don't necessarily have like specific jobs I want to do. It's more so the people I want to work for. And like, like I said, with Sarah and Calvet, like would love to just keep, you know, working with them and being surrounded with choreographers that are like them, just very inclusive, very supportive, very loving. Um, like I want to be in environments where it feels like a family or it feels like a supportive group rather than you know, competing for the front row or competing for the spot right behind the artist. Like that's not necessarily the environment I want to be in. And so going forward in 2021, I want Macy Swaim to be the dancer that is like wanted on jobs as her human self rather than her talent. And I want to be wanted for obviously, yes, my talent, but I want to be more so wanted for like my soul and what I stand for. And like the performances I do and the jobs I do just stand for things that I agree with. And I want to have the ability and confidence to say no to those things that don't necessarily, Mm -hmm. you know, 
go with what I stand for or um, things like that, you know? So that's kind of, it's not a super specific year. I'm not a huge, I, I like goal setting with like internal things rather than external things. So I'm not a huge goal setter in that way, like jobs and whatnot. I'm more so journey, not the destination. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's incredible. And you always want to be someone that people enjoy working with, which is the most important thing and creates longevity, but it is what you're saying is so important. And it's almost like we have to make it a mantra every day because it's really hard, especially it's hard in the dance industry, but it's also hard with our community outside who views us. And mm-hmm. views us on like what the jobs that we're doing and that's how we're doing yes. well. And it's yes. it's difficult. Like even, you know, going back and meeting um uh hometown friends and people you've known forever who've known you've been dancing yes. long. <laughs> like they're like, Well, what are you doing now? And like it's yes. all, that's always we have to be a little bit more gentle with ourselves. And I think yeah. everything you said is just so spot on and everybody should rewind and re-listen to that again, because <laughs> I know I will. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And I think also being such a, you know, diverse trained dancer, I think I've been yeah. focusing on that more to my personality and like being one and on a, on a job as a human, because when you're such a like, hip-hop dancer those jobs are going to come to you when you're such a contemporary dancer those jobs are going to come to you when I'm both yeah or even more than both it's not necessarily like those jobs come straight to me because I'm not that one dancer they need they know I can do other things Mm -hmm. and so I more so want to be like when someone's thinking of who to hire on a job I don't want it's not going to be easy for them to be like oh Macy because she's the hip-hop dancer like I'm not the hip-hop dancer so I more so want them to think Macy, because she's such a great person to have on the job and she can do the talent, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been what I'm focusing on lately. Amazing. That's beautiful. I love that. Well, Macy, we can't thank you enough today for your time, your knowledge, just to see your face, to catch up makes us so I happy. Know. I know thank we're both so much. So, I mean, not that there's any sort of like paternal uh, situation, but like, I know Alex and I, like, I remember seeing you in Las Vegas at like 16 (laughs) years old. And like, I'm just so proud of you to like, see you like pursue this amazing career and like really, really blossom and come into yourself. So thank uh, you. Congratulations to that. If our listeners want to keep up with you, which they should um, and find you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, Social media, do you have a website? Yeah. So honestly, my biggest link would just be Instagram, which is at Macy Swamey with two Y. So M-A-C-Y-S-W-A-I-M-Y-Y. That's really like where I post most of my stuff. I do have a YouTube if you look at me, look up Macy Swain, but I don't, I'm not necessarily the best at keeping up with that. I'm not a huge social media person. So I would just say Instagram is my best place to go see me. And she shares like also not only her amazing dancing, but also her amazing choreography, which is super meaningful. And you have amazing stuff on there. So everybody should go thank check it so out. Much. Yay. We cannot thank, thank you guys enough. so much for having me. It means so much in the first place that you wanted me on here. So I'm really, really honored and grateful. Of course. Of course. Well, thank you again so, so much. Uh, we wish you the best moving forward and hope we can all see each other uh, in real life together at some point soon. But thank you, Macy. Yes. We appreciate you. you. And yeah, keep dancing. <laughs>